Hello and welcome to the Scottish Clans Podcast. I'm Clint and thank you for joining me today. There has been a lot going on lately, a lot, and some of it has actually been fairly unfortunate. Um, we had a, a bad event happen as right before we got into the school year. My daughter was having a birthday and she wanted to climb a significant mountaintop near where we live. And it's about, I think it's 11,700 feet. And some of you listening to this live in maybe some places where that's not the highest peak. And some of you listening to this live in places where that is crazy high and you don't have any peaks near where you live that are higher than the valley floor where I live. My house sits at just under 5,000 feet. So it's all relative is my point on how high that peak is. But why that's relevant is because there are huge cliffs up there, huge cliffs. And guess what else there are up there? Mountain goats. Well, I've been up on this mountain once before and I had noticed that there were mountain, we saw the mountain goats, but they were way off in the distance up along these remote ridges and ledges and places only mountain goats go. So this time up, we're like, oh, we're going to bring our dog. And this is my, my Belgian Malinois. You heard me, if you listened to this podcast for a while and during my stay in Monterey, my family had stayed back in Utah and I'd gone out to Monterey, California to learn Spanish for the army. And this is, this was my family, this dog, her name was Sky, my Belgian Malinois. And that's, that's who I had. And well, we brought her up with us up on the climb up the mountain and there were several others with us. And the closer we got to the top, the more mountain goats we started to see. And they were very close. Like they'd just only be a few feet away from you. They didn't really care. And so we tried to keep our dog on our leash. But there are some spots scrambling down off the top of that peak where it'd be both dangerous for us and for the dog to have a leash on. Because you're just trying to figure out where you're going to step. Uh, my wife had gone down off the peak a little bit ahead of me, and this happened. She had, and so she, because of the precarious nature of coming down off, she'd taken the dog off of the leash. And about the time she's thinking about putting her back on, the dog spotted a mountain goat, went after the mountain goat who was defending her kid, and the dog got out onto a ledge in a place that mountain goats are fairly comfortable, but nothing really else, maybe ibexes. And our dog went off and just fell a long, long ways and didn't come out of it. So it was tragic. That's my story. That's, that's not the only story I'm going to tell right now during this episode. But uh, it was hard. It was hard, hard for the whole family. It was hard for me personally as that dog had been my companion on many adventures and my wife's companion on many a run. And so it was hard to lose that dog, but we've got a, uh, we've since, you know, we thought, okay, if we're going to get another one, then let's just go ahead and get it and get this puppy stage over with because puppy stages are hard. So we do have a new one. We, this time we went with a Dutch shepherd. Um, really some people will argue that the only difference between a Dutch shepherd and a Belgian Malinois is the coat color. The Dutch shepherd is brindle. But we've got him. He's about almost 14 weeks old, and he is a handful. 
and he's like owning a little piranha. We actually named him Raptor because he is like having a velociraptor in your house. All right. Well, you're probably wondering, what does that have anything to do with Scottish clans? Nothing. That's just an update. I just felt like telling you a story. So that was a story. Now, before I start telling you other stories, I'm going to give a shout out to my sponsor, USA Kilts. Go, out, go ahead and check them out at usakilts.com. That's their storefront. They've got all sorts of awesome stuff on there. If you're into Scottish heritage, Scottish culture, and they branch out a little bit into some of the other Celtic countries too, but their bread and butter is the kilt and anything that goes with the kilt. So go check out uh, usakilts.com. And if you want to see their YouTube videos that has tons of good content on not just kilts and how to wear kilts and all that stuff, but it, they have stuff on Scottish history and culture and folklore and and all sorts of interesting stuff on there. So go their YouTube channel is USA Kilts and Celtic Traditions. So go check them out. All right. Now, you pushed play on this episode because you wanted to hear about the Bronze Seer. And we're getting into some Mackenzie history here. And, and with doing this, I'm taking a little bit different direction with the podcast and getting into some clan stuff that's a little bit different than what we've done. We've done a lot of stuff on this podcast over the last couple of years. Last couple? Last three? Ooh, three? Hey, y'all. This month marks three years. I should realize that. Anyway, we've done a lot of stuff on the academic nature of what was a kill, or sorry, what not, what was a clan? What is considered a clan? Were clans just in the Highlands or were there in other spots of other places of Scotland? Who was a clan? Who wasn't a clan? What was clan? What an actual clan? What were they like? We get to talking about stories about clans, but most of those stories take the go into the more militaristic aspect, and maybe that's because I'm in the military and that's just kind of where my mind goes is more towards along those lines. But there's a lot of other stuff going on with the clans, and the Bronze Seer really doesn't have a, a one, one, you know, some of the he has some Battle of Culloden storyline, like uh, some of his his prophecies happen there. And I'll tell you, I'll, I'll I'll start at the beginning and move forward with you. But all I'm trying to say is that we're taking a different direction slightly with this episode, getting into some little uh, a little bit into some other areas of clan culture and history than what we've typically done on this podcast. So. Um, I don't know, maybe some of you will think, hey, Clint, just get back to the military stuff and the academic stuff, and some of you might welcome the change, so hopefully you do. And actually, I have another idea for the next episode that we're also it, – it involves some military stuff, but the subject itself is not military, and I think you're going to like that too. All right, we're going to get into some McKenzie stuff here, um, our, my, the, the last – the last um, episode that we did involved the McKenzie's and, and a battle that took place, but we are going to get into something a little bit different. This is in the 1600s, and the Bronze Seer, let me, uh, I'm going to tell you who that was. He was a, for those of you who don't know what a seer is, a seer is somebody who can see things that most people can't, and often... This is either forward or backward in time, or a seer can see things that are current, but that are beyond the perception of a normal human being. 
All right, so who is the bronze seer? Where did he come from? How did he get his gift? If one might call it that, it ends up doing him in. But the in the, the beginning, it is looked at as a gift. And I'm going to tell you his origin story as it is portrayed in The Folklore of the Scottish Highlands by Anne Ross. I've mentioned this book before. And this starts off, actually the story starts off with his mother. And just for the for the information for you for your information, the bronze seer was not his name. That was a title. His name was Kenneth Oer. Now Hamish MacDonald on his YouTube channel where he talks about the bronze seer, you, he pronounces the name Konyach. And so he might be closer than that. In fact, maybe I'm just going to go with Konyach. And Konyach, Kenneth, it's, it's what we anglicize as Kenneth today. Uh, Konyach Oer, which means somber Kenneth, or I've seen sallow Kenneth, which is kind of like a pale brown, not a usually not a complimentary color when talking about somebody's complexion, because um, it implies maybe a little bit not a super healthy complexion. Or just dark, dark Kenneth is another translation of it. So he's a little more swarthy than a lot of the other people who lived in northern Scotland. All right, so um, his, it starts, like I said, the story starts off with his mother. And this takes place on the island of Uig in the Outer Hebrides. Born at Uig in the island of Lewis in the Outer Hebrides. And his mother was at a shealing. And was keeping her eye on the cattle one night, round about midnight, on a hill overlooking an ancient burial ground. She suddenly saw that all the graves were opening in it, and their occupants emerging from them and going off in all directions. After about an hour, they returned and re-entered their tombs, and the graves closed over them again. The woman noticed that one grave alone remained open. With great courage, she went to the grave and placed her distaff over it, because it was believed that, being of rowan wood... The spirit could not enter the grave while it was there. Soon she saw a beautiful woman who rushed at her and demanded that she should remove her stick from the grave. The mother refused to do this until the occupant of the grave told her why she came back so much later than the others. The spirit told her why she came back so late. She was a daughter of a king of Norway who had been drowned near the island and her body recovered from the nearby beach. While she was released from the grave, she had gone back to Norway to look at her old home. As a result of the woman's courage, the spirit gave her instructions on where to find a small, round, blue stone, which would empower her son to foresee future events. This she must give to the boy. And so the boy is Konyhor, and he becomes the bronze seer because he obtains a stone, and that's the beginning of the legend. Now... There were all sorts of legends or prophecies that were recorded, none of them contemporary. Okay, in fact, some people doubt whether there even was a real person as Konyhor, the bronze seer, or whether he was actually a composite of several legendary people from this area of Scotland because this being a seer or having the gift of the second sight was a thing in the culture in this in this part of the world as it was in many other parts of the world really
So, um, so I'll, I'll leave that guys. You guys can study more up on this, on the bronze seer, and you can make your own decision on that. So I'm not here to weigh in on whether there was a guy or not, but what had happened is a guy named Alexander McKenzie much, much later, my understanding is in the 1800s, started writing down a lot of these things about the bronze seer and we get almost everything we have from him, but nothing contemporary. Nothing contemporary about the Bronze Seer. Um, there is more to read on that. I'm not going to go into it. There are a lot of his prophecies that were mentioned. And like I, I mentioned Hamish McDonald on his YouTube channel. I'm not using any of his material in this because I'm going after prophecies that were specifically clan related. Right. Because I'm not this isn't just a general Scottish history podcast. We're trying to keep it dialed in on the clans and. A lot of the prophecies that the Bronze Seer had, and you could argue were fulfilled, um, they didn't really have anything to do with clans. So I'm going to, but but I did, so I'm just kind of given, I don't have any back and forth communication with um, with Hamish McDonald. He has no idea that at the time I'm recording this, he might maybe someday, once upon a time, he'll find this this podcast. To my knowledge, he's never heard of this podcast before. I just found it on there when I YouTube searched the Bronze Seer. So he has some cool stuff on that, but none of it deals with clans. So go check him out. Um, and while I'm telling you to check people out, and before I read you this actual prophecy that is dealing with the clan Mackenzie, I'm going to try to point you over to the folks over at USA Kilts, specifically a little shout out to Eric and Rocky. They, um, they're the faces of USA Kilts. It, USA Kilts, if you go on to their YouTube channel, you're going to see them sitting in chairs and discussing various aspects of Scottish dress, culture, heritage, history, etc., etc. They've got a lot of cool stuff on there. In fact, let me give you an example. The last thing I checked out on their channel was how to get in and out of a vehicle with your kilt on. Now, I'm wearing my kilt right now, and I didn't put it on to do this podcast just to get in the spirit of things although that's not a horrible idea. I have it on because I went on a hike earlier and my kilt is my preferred garment for hikes. I took my little, that little puppy I told you about, my little Dutch shepherd, took him out on his first no kidding up in the mountains hike uh, off the leash and he did awesome. Anyway, I, I digress. I was wearing my kilt. So I'm still wearing my kilt, but I'm getting in and out of my truck and it's a trick. It's a trick. But Eric and Rocky and USA Kilts, they have a, a YouTube video up on there about how to do this. So go check them out. Tons of useful, interesting stuff on there. That's their, their YouTube channel, um, USA Kilts and Celtic Traditions. Their storefronts, usakilts.com. That's where I went to get my kilt. Um, I'm not telling you to go there because they're my sponsor. I sought them out. I want you to know that. I sought them out. I found their YouTube channel. I was on their website and and so we became they became my sponsor i got my kilt my experience was awesome with this as far as the quality of the kilt the customer service free shipping in the u.s all sorts of reasons to go to them for that sort of thing so go to them all right back to uh the bronze here we've got uh i'm just going to read it going back to ann ross here in the folklore of the scottish highlands and I'm going to read to you this one prophecy that I could find that was actually clan related. Here it goes. Um, 
He also made a prophecy about Clachantesi, a standing stone near the Muir of Ord. This stone originally stood upright to a considerable height and was pointed at the top. Now it lies broken on the ground. According to one version of the legend about its destruction, the seer said that the day would come when ravens would gorge themselves on the blood of the clan Mackenzie from the top of the stone after a violent battle, which would be fought on the Muir of Ord. He also said that the Mackenzies would be so decimated after this fight that the remainder of the clan would be taken over to Ireland in an open fishing boat. Ireland was believed to have been their place of origin. Now, I'm going to pause on the quote real quick there. I think she's, Anne Ross is referencing the Colin Fitzgerald origin tradition of the Mackenzies, which the scholar uh, Ennis McKinnick has cast a lot of suspicion on, or he, he doubts that that, or, that that origin story is true. So just to let you know, just a little historical academic input there on this. But going back to quote it, in Kintail, which is over on the western coast and the western edge of Mackenzie Territory. Well, it was the western edge of Mackenzie Territory until they acquired the Isle of Lewis, but I digress. In Kintail, this prophecy was applied to the McRae's. And up to a point, it has come true in a most unlikely manner. It is thought that Clachantesi refers to the domain, the remains of a so-called Druidical circle still visible near Bewley at a place called Wind Hill. Anyway, then starts talking about another prophecy, which once again does not concern us as talking about the clans. But there you have it, the Muir of Ord. So whatever happened to the Bronze Seer? Once again, there is tons of other prophecies, but they don't deal with clans. And so I'll let you turn yourself loose with that. But so how did he meet his end? Remember the beginning I said that little seer stone? or I found another word on the, online for it was an adder stone, that it would prove his downfall. Well, here's what happened. So he he was, well, maybe I ought to go back and tell a little bit more of a story. He was brought from Uig to Bran Castle by Kenneth Mackenzie, the third Earl of Seaforth. And so he became a, a resident and a, and a laborer there on the estate. Now, Kenneth Mackenzie, the third Earl of Seaforth, was very involved in the the Civil War stuff and Cromwell and King Charles II and all that back and forth, and on the side of King Charles II, and he was away on the continent because of all the, it was you know he he fled the continent. I don't know exactly where at the time that that this is all shaken down with the Bronze Seer. But he's away. He's away in the continent. He's away in France, in Paris specifically. And his wife, Isabel, who was another, comes from another Mackenzie family, um, she wants to know how he's doing. Now, she'd already had problems with Conichor. She, he, he'd seen a, and he used a seer stone to see her poisoning his food once. And he ended up going ahead and giving that food to the dog just, just to be sure. Well, the dog just, died right there. And so we already know there's some bad blood before this. I don't know why she tried to do that. Uh, I don't know how far back this grudge goes, but for some reason she turns to him and says, I want to know how my husband's doing in France. Will you look into your stone? He looks into the stone and she makes him, you know, it's like, okay, what'd you see? And he honestly turns around and tells her, I saw your husband having several different affairs in France. Uh, 
Well, she didn't receive this news very well. It was scandalous for her husband, um, shameful for her. She flipped out, and I'm just going to actually read to you. I'm going to read to you the last chunk of the Wikipedia article, okay? The Well, not the last chunk, about the historical evidence. I already mentioned that like some people doubt whether this is really a thing, but as far as the death is concerned, that um, he was... I'm not going to read the whole paragraph, but he was allegedly burnt in a spiked tar barrel on the command of the Earl's wife, Lady Seaforth, because she didn't like his – when he came back from after looking in the stone, and, and she didn't like his report. So that's how he met his end. You see some stuff that you wish you hadn't seen, and it got him in trouble. Let me just read to you the, the little thing about the historical evidence that's at the end of this Wikipedia article. It says there's no historical evidence that a prophet known as Kenneth Mackenzie existed. For example, it is alleged that Mackenzie was born on the Isle of Lewis during the early 1600s, but no historical documentation or records demonstrate this. One question I would have about that is how thorough and and um, how 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 good are the records? I mean, if somebody did the records include most of the people who were born? Are they pretty thorough? Early 1600s? I don't know. Anyway, that's just a question I had as I read that. Back into the, the last paragraph of this Wikipedia article. Historian William Matheson has argued that Alexander Mackenzie's statements about Conihoer living in the 17th century were inaccurate. There are two records for a Conihoer, a 16th century man, so 1500s, who was accused of witchcraft. For example, there is a Scottish Parliament record dated 1577 for a writ of his arrest. Such details contradict the statements of Mackenzie and those passed down through folklore. All right. Well, there you have it. There's the uh, there's the origin, one of the prophecies of the death of Conyacor, also known as the Bronze Seer. I hope you like this. And I hope you... Hope you enjoyed a little bit of a different direction that we, we headed in today as far as not military stuff and battles and also not the academic stuff about what is a clan, what's not a clan, were you, was your people a clan, were they not a clan, um, what was a clan like, um, the occasional highlight of specific clans. But anyways, it was a completely different uh, shift of, of the nature of the subject for this one. And like I said, I've got more ideas in the future for this. So I hope you liked it. If you did, go will you go on pod, uh, Apple Podcasts, give me a five-star rating and leave me a little written message there for me. That would be awesome. Also, if you'd reach out and tell your tell your buddies about this, share, use that little share icon, click on that, touch it, whatever platform you're using, and send it, send the, the episode or send the podcast generally to somebody that you think is into Scottish history into the culture, wants to hear more about Scottish clans. Let's let's spread the wealth. It's not just so that I can benefit thereby. It's because we can grow this community. We've already gone way past anything that I expected to happen. And um, as far as who, how many people we're reaching and who are listening to this, I just started this because I needed a place to nerd out about this because my wife's tired of hearing about it, frankly. So anyway, thanks for joining me this this time around and until next time Martian Levendrasta. and